0: what is up what is happening and welcome to the debut episode of Legs Feed the Wolves a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast I am your host Bailey Kennedy and just like to say I'm so excited to start this podcast and get it underway what this podcast is really going to be about is it is going to be a Minnesota Timberwolves focused podcast it's going to be about the Minnesota Timberwolves The biggest news, trades, draft, whatever it is, it's going to be Timberwolves. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. It's all Minnesota Timberwolves. But there's going to be a different twist on it. The one thing I've always craved as a Timberwolves fan is kind of like a podcast from someone who's a fan of the team, who can give their reactions and talk about the team and give you something that's not someone who works for the team or is a reporter or something. Someone that's going to give you genuine reaction. And I feel like that's the one thing Timberwolves fans are missing. And that's what this podcast is going to be. It is going to be a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast by a fan, for the fans of the Minnesota Timberwolves, given my reactions to the latest news and everything. I am so excited to get this podcast underway. And I'm so, so ready to talk some Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. Let's get into it. Let's go. Roll Wolves, baby. Number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell is going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Spoken into existence for years. I'm sitting in the house, I'm loading up the pump. I'm loading up the Uzi. Legs the wolf, boys. The legs the wolf. Today is October 20th. Welcome once again. This is the first episode of Legs feed the wolves a minnesota timberwolves podcast very excited to get back into it and the one thing i want to do is let's take a look at this team this is what the first episode is going to be all be about it's going to be about the current state of the minnesota timberwolves and looking at the roster they have right now they have a chance to compete right away and i think all the talent is there i think they're one solid guy away from really getting it all done but it's all right there for the taking we saw it at times when D'Angelo Russell got here him and Kat it stunk they only got to play I believe they only played one game together and you saw all the potential Kat only played two games with this entire group only one with D'Lo but in that one game that they played together without D'Lo that first game Kat and the entire team looked so good even without D'Lo. It was an incredible performance. I mean, I think the guys that they've built around Cat, and I think the team that they've built around D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns is incredible. You've got shooters. Malik Beasley has blown up. He's an unrestricted free agent. We'll get into him. But right now, I have so many high hopes for this team. Right now, as of now, let's take a look at the exact roster. You got D'Angelo Russell at point guard. These are guys all still under contract. So D'Angelo Russell at point. You have Josh Okogi back for his, I believe it's his third year. So he's back. You got Jacob Evans. You got Jalen Noel. You got uh, Jared Culver coming off a disappointing rookie year. Looking to see if maybe he can turn things around. Jake Lehman. uh, James Johnson who has a player option. But there is no chance. No chance. Mark it down. You this is a guarantee there's no chance James Johnson is opting out of his player option, which makes him like sixteen million dollars for this upcoming season. No chance James Johnson is walking away from that, even though he has a player option. I'm saying James Johnson is on the team. Because there's no way he's walking away from that money. You also got Jared Vanderbilt, who didn't get as much playing time for the Wolves. He's kind of been a G-League guy even when he was with the Nuggets. You know, I really like him as a guy who's watched a lot of Kentucky basketball. When he was at Kentucky, he is a special athlete. Uh, then you got Nas Reed and Carl anthony Towns rounding out the team. There is a lot of good young players on this team. That's what's so exciting about them. Not to mention, the Wolves also have the number one pick in this year's draft. Regardless of if the draft is strong or not, they have a chance to do something with that pick. Whether it be drafting someone, whether it be trading back and taking, taking a different player, you know something like that, trying to get more assets, or trading for a win-now player, which is what I think this team's gonna end up doing. But right now, this team. Let's just look at the group. You know, also their potential free agents. They got uh, Jordan McLaughlin is a restricted free agent. I loved his play as a backup point guard. He was undrafted. He looked so good last year at times in a Timberwolves jersey. I mean, you have Malik Beasley, who was absolutely awesome for the team. Evan Turner is technically a free agent who was connected to the team last year, but another Bailey guarantee. Evan Turner didn't even play a single game last year, so he's no chance they're even going to reach out to him. Uh, Keelan Martin, a restricted free agent. Juan Hernan Gomez is a restricted free agent. And uh, I forgot Omari Spellman is currently on the team. I just forgot to mention him because there's been rumors that when they acquired him at first that they were just going to waive him. And now who knows what they're going to do with Omari Spellman. A lot of people are saying that he'll be be gone. He won't be with the team. So let's get into right now just this team. If they bring everyone back. I really like this group. I mean D'Angelo Russell was special. When he started playing for the Wolves, he only played in 12 games. But in those 12 games, averaged nearly 22 points, uh, 5 boards, hovering around 7 assists. You know, He shot the ball well from the field. I'm a big D'Angelo Russell guy. I think the duo of him and Cat is going to be great. But their biggest thing is they have to hold each other accountable. This whole team is still very young. These guys are young kids and they have to hold each other accountable. And the biggest thing is defense. D'Angelo Russell is not known for great defense. Neither is Carl Anthony Towns. So these two guys, I think they have to realize that they need to improve on the defensive side of the ball if they want to win games. They can try and win games 140 to 130, whatever it takes to do that. But they need to buckle down and they need to realize that, hey, we need to fix this defense we need to start playing harder on defense we're great offensive threats but we need to lock down on defense the more possessions that we get on offense the better chance we're cashing in if we can get stops we'll create offense because we got shooters around this team that are deep that we can look and find to, and we their scores all over the court those two i think need to hold the entire team accountable and starts with holding themselves accountable on playing both ways and being good, solid defenders. They don't have to be great. They they don't have to be Josh Kogi good. They don't have to be you know top of the line defensive threats. Who it's like, hey D'Angelo, you're gonna take James Harden every every game. You know you're not gonna you know they just have to be serviceable serviceable defenders. Just go out there and play. I love Delos' game. I think him and Cat pair perfectly together. You know, the pick and roll. Cat's a threat from three, so pick and roll. D'Lo can drop it back to Cat. He can knock down the three. Those two guys, they're the cornerstones of this franchise right now. Those two are the only people on this roster that I think are untouchable. And it makes sense. The two guys are by far the most talented players on this team. So those guys are untouchable. D'Lo really... He, when the timberwolves got him he was exactly what everyone expected a great scorer a great guy who could find teammates dish and, and just do it all so i was so impressed with the way delo came and he came in and took leadership right away when cat was out with his injuries and wasn't able to play delo led the team and it was encouraging to see delo in this timberwolves team have some success they didn't win as many games but seeing them succeed at times without Cat, was great. It was very exciting to see. So, seeing that from D'Lo was great. And Cat, man, I think him adapting to having a point guard like D'Angelo was incredible. Because you look at what Cat has been surrounded with. He had one year where he was, did have Jeff, he played a couple years with Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague is nowhere in the stratosphere of the talent D'Angelo Russell has. Teague's good. He's nothing like that. Nothing like D'Angelo Russell. I mean, Cat, in the two games, he played he played well. You know, he's just the perfect guy. Perfect guy. And I think, you know, I'm just pulling up the numbers right now. So Cat averaged 22.5 over those two games that he played with this respective squad. 12 boards. He even had 8 assists. So the fact that Cat saw his ability to dish the ball was incredible. Because he had so many shooters surrounded. Teams would come to double uh, come to double Cat. He would dish it off to his teammates because he knew these guys could knock down shots. And that's exactly what happened. I love this duo. And I think if they can add a third star, it's perfect. Perfect for this team uh jordan mclaughlin i, I talked about i'm going to talk about him he is a restricted free agent i would love to see him come back to this team he was provided great scoring off the bench 7.6 points per game on the year with 4.2 assists and pretty much only playing 20 minutes a night in 30 games i thought that was extremely impressive good finisher uh, solid from three shot around 38 percent on the year not the best free throw shooter, only hitting two-thirds of his free throws on the year. You know, I like Jordan. I think he's a great backup point guard for D'Lo. Another Unfortunately, Jordan's another young guy, but the offense and ability to find his teammates that he provides as a backup point guard is great. I think the Timberwolves have to make that one of their top priorities. You know, you got Malik. And Malik Beasley is the number one priority. I think... Jordan McLaughlin is not too far behind. I think he's the second or me 2A, maybe 2B Juan Hernan Gomez and those two guys switch back and forth. Probably is the second most important guy they need to get back. I loved everything that we saw from Jordan McLaughlin. I thought he was extremely impressive. His ability to score and just from an undrafted rookie was extremely impressive. I loved having him on the team last year. And he's just he's just a gritty guy. He's one of those guys that He knew it wasn't going to be an easy journey into the NBA for him and he grinded and he fought and he got his way into getting significant playing time for the Timberwolves and he made the most of it. So I would love to have a guy like him back who knows that, hey, I got to grind every day. Nothing's giving to me. I I wasn't a first round pick. I was an undrafted rookie. I got to go out and I got to make the most of what I got because any day it could be gone like that. So I like that from Jordan McLaughlin and I would love to see him back in a Timberwolves uniform as a backup point guard and someone that you can turn to off the bench and say hey Jordan we need a bucket you can get one now let's go into the shooting guard talent pool that they got right now Malik Beasley man oh man did he look incredible in a Timberwolves uniform averaging 20.7 points per game in 14 games played for the wolves he averaged five boards 1.9 assists not not great dishing the ball but what he did try it or succeed greatly in was shooting the ball 47.2 percent from the field that's great and from three-point range he shot 42.6 percent from the three-point arc that is absurd Shooting over 40% is ridiculous, especially when Malik is a high-volume three-point shooter. The Timberwolves need a guy like Malik Beasley back on the team, and it is priority number one. Number one this offseason, Malik Beasley showed that he is something special, and this team needs that guy and his ability to score as an offensive threat. They need that back. If they add a superstar, they need someone like Malik still who can either be a starting guard or someone that you say, hey, Malik, we're going to have you come off the bench, but you're going to be the guy when you step on that court. We're going to say, hey, Malik, you can go get a bucket for us. We need one. I love Malik's game. His ability to consistently hit three-pointers was huge for this Wolves team. And I think he's a huge priority this offseason. I think he's going to go for... I would love to see him locked up on a, on a four-year deal. I think he's going to be looking in that $16 million per year. So $16, 17000000 uh, You know, I think it's going to be tough. But depending on what the Wolves do, I think you got to make Malik a priority. Unless you work out a sign-in trade where you are getting a superstar shooting guard. A superstar shooting guard. If you're getting a Devin Booker, then I understand maybe doing a sign-and-trade for Malik. But if you are getting like a Victor Oladipo, who the Timberwolves' name has been thrown in all the time, or someone like that, you need to keep Malik Beasley. You need to keep that shooting threat to get you points, whether it's off the bench or starting as your your wing. You need Malik back because he is such a threat. And even if you get a sec- or third star for this team... Malik is still a guy who you can rely on as a consistent three-point shooter. You saw it all last year. Timberwolves need to bring Malik back. Next up, also at shooting guard, you could say shooting guard's a small forward. You saw Kogi really do both those things last year. We got Josh Kogi. This past year, averaged 8.6 points per game, 4.3 boards, 1.6 assists, 42.7% from the field. Uh, Three-point percentage was not great. On the year, 26.6%. Not great. Not not great at all. So you want to see that improve from Josh. But what I love about Josh is he knows what he is. He's a defensive guy who can get a basket when you need it. And I think Josh is okay with being the guy that they say, hey, Josh, you're going to be our defensive guy. You're going to be covering the best player every night. And I think Josh would accept that role and I think he excels at that role. I mean, taking, taking a look at his numbers once they, the Timberwolves at the deadline pretty much required a brand new team and Josh saw his numbers improve when they did get a new team. Points per game jumped up to nine points compared to 8.6 on the year. So pretty much the same points per game, but saw his three point percentage increase on the year. Shot 35.5% from three on the year after acquiring guys like Malik Beasley and just adding all these other scoring threats took the pressure off Josh to shoot threes. Because this is what the Timberwolves offense likes to do. They like to get out. They're going to shoot threes. They're going to beat you. By, they're going to live and die by the three. And Josh, at times, couldn't hit those three-point shots in that without the talent that they had. Once they acquired the new team, teams got focused on, hey, we got to prevent D'Lo. we got to prevent Malik from killing us. And that gave Josh some open opportunities to knock down three-pointers. And he was successful in that. You need Josh to buy in and continue to be that 3 and D guy. So if Josh can have his three-point percentage improve, I have no doubt that his defense is going to be as good as it always is. Josh has bought in on the defensive end since day one, and I love that about him. There are trades for a top player where I think you're going to have to throw in Josh because teams are going to be like hey we need we need something else and I think Josh is going to be involved in maybe one of those trades I would love to see the Timberwolves not have to give up Josh in one of those one of those trades cuz he is one of the few guys on this team last year that was a consistent defensive threat who would torture torture whoever he was co- covering that night on defense I'd love to see Josh say, And I think with more time with these guys in this rotation, this team, I think Josh gets better not only on the defensive side of the ball, but I think his three-point percentage will go up because he won't be forced to take as many shots and he'll consistently hit three-pointers. Not at like that Malik Beasley rate where you're at 40%. I think he hovers around 35%, which is not bad for Josh Okoge. I would love to see that and just continue to have his defensive game improve. I just want to see Josh stay, but I can see a situation where he is gone and I'm a big, I started off probably these last couple years, his rookie year, he had moments where it was like, man, this kid's going to be something special. I feel like he's had an up and down time at offense, but his defense has always been something that stayed consistent and something that I love about him. Because he will go out and he will cover the best player every single night. And that's why he's reliable. You got Jacob Evans. Played two games for the Timberwolves. Didn't do anything. I, I don't really have much to say on Jacob Evans. Um, you know. Could be could be something there. Coming from Golden State in that D-Low trade. I, I don't got a whole lot. So... Another shooting guard they have on the roster, Jalen Noel. Second round pick, I mean, as someone that was supposed to be a guy who can hit the three ball, dear Lord, I hope he can start hitting the three ball because he was bad shooting from three-point range this past year. Only played in 15 games for the Wolves, but he shot 11.5% from three-point arc. Uh, Yeah, that's not that's not very good. Not good at all. So I don't know if he just couldn't get into a rhythm or what it was, but a guy that was hyped up to be this great three point shooter. uh, Yeah, that's that's got to be something fixed. He was a G League guy, would come up and down, you know, had his moments in the G League, I believe, where he was very consistent and a great scorer. But when he came up to the NBA. He couldn't buy a three-point shot. And that's what's scary. Because he he's never going to be a guy that's getting, you know, that role-player moments. But when injuries happen, he's going to slowly creep up the, the depth chart. He's got to be more consistent, knock down three-pointers. If he can do that, you know, you never know. But right now, Jalen Noel better be in the gym every single day, shooting three-pointers and working on that shot working on having defenders close out on him, because if he shoots 11% from three-point range, I don't care if he's playing in 15 games. I don't care if he's playing in five games, 10 games, whatever it is. If you are an NBA player that is supposed to be a three-point shooter, and you are shooting 11% from the three-point arc, you might be looking somewhere else to be playing basketball next year or the rest of your career. I think he has a lot of potential. He's got to be more consistent and knock down his threes. I'll move on. Evan Turner didn't play any games. So he's a good vet. You know, I got nothing. So Evan Turner, there's no chance he's coming back. I think it was a mutual break. There was all these rumors that when they got him, they were going to waive him. And then that just never happened so it's whatever I don't see him being on the Timberwolves so let's move on next up Keelan Martin a restricted free agent who I really liked and I think if the Timberwolves can get him back on a low price tag and I think they will he's he grew up with D'Lo so he's got that connection he was solid played 31 games for the team Average 6.4 points per game. You know, not, not had his ups and downs from the three-point line. 26%. Wasn't great. But, you know, just seeing him get playing time, I, I liked him. I thought he was solid. There was nothing to go home about with him. You know, he was just, you know, he was serviceable. He was a good backup small forward that you could turn to. And we saw when they got the new team. Because you pretty much trade for a new team at the deadline. You know, Martin averages 6.9 points per game. You know, all his numbers kind of go up. Uh, You know, his three-point percentage didn't go up. But, you know, as someone who's probably your third small forward, someone you go to, he's not bad. He's not a bad third option. So I would like to see him come back, but I don't want to see the team pay him a lot of money keep him on a team-friendly deal you know they gotta work something out because I think Keelan is is a solid player nothing to go home about but he's just one of those guys that you need on the roster because he can make the most of it when you ask of him so and I think the relationship with D'Lo when you have D'Lo and Kat as your cornerstones and your franchise players you want to keep those guys happy and I think the relationship that D'Lo and Keelan Martin have you need to keep Keelan Martin because you need to keep those two guys happy. And if Keelan Martin's there, Delo's happy. And if Delo's happy, Cat's happy. And happy Cat and Delo makes a happy team, and hopefully a winning team. Next up, let's talk about Jarrett Culver, last year's first round pick that the Timberwolves traded up for. Oh man, Culver man did he have a tough rookie year and he's been in every single trade that the Timberwolves have trade conversation that's come up since the Timberwolves have gotten the number one pick Culver was a guy that Timberwolves traded up for last year and they took him at six and he finished last year 9.2 points per game 3.4 rebounds 1.7 assists shot 40 40.4% from the field. 29.9% from three. 63 games played. 35 games started. Nearly 24 minutes per game. It was... He had his glimpses where Culver looked really good and looked special and looked like the kid he was at Texas Tech. But he also had his moments where... He just looked lost and just couldn't figure things out. It's tough, especially when you look at a team that can't really afford to have a guy like that who just disappears at times. You know, Culver, I think he has so much potential, but there's just so many question marks. Why does he disappear at times? That's like, you know it's a very tough thing i think he has so much promise and could be good i just i just didn't see it at times i mean you do look after acquiring you know d'lo and malik and all those guys you did see his numbers go up average 9.4 points per game and shot 41.5 percent from three i didn't realize he shot that well after they got him granted only in 14 games but shooting that well in a 14 game stretch is pretty good. But my biggest issue with Jarrett Culver is he he is not a good free throw shooter. Like and, and I mean like he's a bad free throw shooter. Like he shot the ball 46.2% from the free throw line on the year. That's that is not good and that is not acceptable for someone who Not only was a 6th pick in the NBA draft just last year, but it's not acceptable for really any NBA player. The only person who maybe got away with shooting that poorly was Shaquille O'Neal. And that's only because he was a freak athlete. Shaq's the only one who could get away with shooting that poorly. Only player, probably ever, to get away with shooting that poorly from the free throw line. Maybe Dwight Howard in his prime... When he was with the Magic, but still, those two guys, Hall of Famers, unbelievable talents, they can get away with that. Jarrett Culver, you are a wing player who is supposed to score and get buckets. I just uh, went off uh, about Jalen Noel, who shot 11.5% from the three point line. He's a backup. Jarrett, you are a potential starter slash 6th man kind of guy. Someone that this team traded up and got the 6th pick and you can't shoot over 50% from the free throw line that is a big yikes and that raises red flags for me I think in any trade to get a big name guy like a Ben Simmons a Victor Oladipo uh, the pipe dream, the dream guy of Devin Booker, any deal that involves that, Culver is gone And he has to be in it. Because the Timberwolves need to win now. They need to win now to make D'Lo and Cat happy. And right now, Culver has potential to develop. I just... They can't... This team can't really wait. They need to get guys who are ready to go and win now. Culver, they don't have time to develop you. He has shown ability to develop... I don't know what Culver's future looks like. I think if there's a trade, Culver's gone. So, uh, Culver is most likely not going to be on this roster next year, I think. Unless they do nothing with the pick. Unless they just keep the pick, keep everything, and say, hey, we think we can win now with this current team. Then, you're probably looking at Culver maybe being a starting guard, maybe being the backup. Uh, uh, being a backup small forward I mean one of those things I think that is where you look at Culver he's he's a guy who could be a starter but most likely I see him as a role player someone who can attack the basket and score but if he can develop his shot and just consistently knock down his shots he he's got all the potential You don't get drafted at the 6th pick if people don't think there's something there. I think there's something there in Jared Culver. He just needs to find it sooner rather than later or he's not going to be in Minnesota anymore. Rounding out this small forward group is maybe my favorite player or someone who just really blew up. You know what? I'll say. He's one of my favorite players on this team. And it's someone that I think a lot of people sleep on. It is Jake Lehman, a.k.a jakey three balls that's why i like to call him that is his nickname you will hear me refer to him as jakey three balls throughout all these episodes jake layman absolutely incredible last year averaging 9.1 points per game 2.5 boards 33.3 percent from three he was great he missed a lot of the year he started off the season incredible i think uh, let me pull up what his numbers were before they pretty much traded for the entire new team because he was having a truly, truly incredible season before everything went down where he lost everyone. Um, here it is. Once here are the numbers for Jake Layman before they acquired for the new team. So, Averaged 10.5 points per game, 35.2% from three-point range. He did that in 14 games played, two games started. Averaged around 26.3 minutes per game. That's pretty good. I liked what I saw from Jake Lehman. He suffered an injury early on in the year. That's why he only played in 14 games. But he looked so good. His ability to just be a three-point threat is incredible. I like him. I think he's someone that maybe starts the year as the starting wing, you know, because he is someone who can score and you can rely on to, to get a basket and play, play, you know, some defense. Jake's not the best defender, but, you know, you can get something from him. I think Jake Lehman has all the potential to do so many things. I think it's all there, and I really like Jakey three balls. I thought he was incredible. I thought just, he looked so good at times in this Timberwolves uniform. And I think he's going to succeed in this team even more with guys like Malik and all of them surrounded by him. I think you pair him with even more shooters or even as a guy coming off the bench, knocking down threes, Jake Lehman will thrive in that situation. You pair him with the right guys. He's someone that teams won't think about. You know, oh man, if he's on the court, hypothetically, if he's out there with Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley, and D'Angelo Russell, those guys are going to get the most pressure. People are going to let lag off on Jake Lehman. If Lehman's open for threes, he can knock them down consistently. And that's what I like about him. He's someone that teams won't respect, and it will be an insult to him. And he's going to make teams pay. I love Jake Lehman's game. And I think he is a perfect Minnesota Timberwolves. With the kind of offense they're running. Where, hey, we're going to live and die by the three. And Jake Lehman is a great three-point shooter. Fits in perfectly. He knocks them down at a high volume. I think Layman is a perfect fit for this team. And I think he's going to continue to have another successful year with the Timberwolves. I mean... I don't think anyone imagined him averaging around 9 points per game last year for this team. I mean, even when they signed him in the offseason, I don't think anyone could have said, Hey, Jake Lehman, going to be one of those guys that they could turn to off the bench for a bucket. You know, I loved him. I'm a big fan of Jake Lehman. He's also a local Massachusetts guy. You know, so I got a little biased there, but he looked incredible in a Minnesota Timberwolves uniform last year. All right, next up, looking at the bigs, this is where things get tough because this team doesn't have a lot of big men. You know, Juan Hernan Gomez, acquired from Denver, loved his game. Just like Malik, he just needed to step on the court. Hernan Gomez, 12.9 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, shot 42% from three-point range. What can you say? Hernan Gomez was a bucket and he played well without Cat. Averaging nearly 13 points per game without Carl Anthony Towns in the lineup. It was very impressive. And seeing him shoot 42%, also impressive from three-point range. Hernan Gomez is a restricted free agent. I think he's a priority. I think you have to bring him back. I don't see many teams going after Hernan Gomez. I'm I'm of the mindset where they might be able to get Hernan Gomez just back on the qualifying offer. I would like to see them maybe try and lock up Hernan Gomez a little bit longer than just a one-year qualifying offer. I would like to see him maybe signed for two, maybe three years, something like that. I think he's a part of this Timberwolves core. I, I'm not sure if is a starting power forward for this team, but he's someone who can be and is capable of being I really like Hernan Gomez's game I think once again just having so many guys who are consistent three-point threats is what will make this team so dangerous because it's really like what do we do like we got to close out on all these guys because they can shoot the three-point ball at a high percentage that's what makes this team so dangerous. And you saw it when they played the Clippers. The first game that this team played, even though D'Lo was not in that game, the team was so dangerous from the three-point line. They set a franchise record for three-pointers made in the game. The team is dangerous. And having so many consistent shooters on this team makes them so dangerous. Because, hey, oh, close out on Cat. He's going to shoot the three-pointer. Let's work it into Josh. Josh going to find Malik. Malik, one more pass, kicks it out to Hernan Gomez for three-point range. Got it. The ability to move the ball and have guys all over the court who can knock down shots and shoot the three-ball at a high volume. I've said it so many times, but that's the way this Timberwolves team is playing. They are going to live and die by the three-pointer. And when you shoot the ball at such a high volume, even though it was in a small sample size, you are going to get teams like the Timberwolves to buy in and be like, hey, Juan was a great threat from beyond the arc. I need her. I would love to see Hernan Gomez back in a Timberwolves uniform. I think it's going to be on the, it might be on the qualifying offer. I would like to see it around that ballpark because he's serviceable, but I don't know if he's a $7 million player or what I would look at. Really. I think he's maybe a five, five and a half million dollar player. Something like that, if you can get a deal done for a two, three year deal with him, I would love to see that. But I could see him also just taking the qualifying offer, coming back for one last year, trying to just play all out, and then he would be an unrestricted free agent the following year. I don't know. I, I, I would love to see Hernan Gomez back in a Timberwolves uniform. Next up, a fellow power forward who, just like Jared Culver, has been involved in every single trade because he is one of the guys who is making the most money on this Timberwolves team next year. That is James Johnson. James Johnson will make about $16 million this upcoming season. And James Johnson couldn't see the court for the Miami Heat. He gets traded to the Timberwolves and became a leader and became someone that, you know, As one of the few veterans on the team, he took ownership and was like, hey, we are going to try and win games. I don't care what people think. We're going to play hard every single night and compete. What does he do? He comes to the Timberwolves, averages 12 points per game, five boards, four assists, shoots 50% from the field, 37% from three point range, 1.4 steals per game, 1.4 blocks per game from him. He does it all in 24 minutes per game, 14 games played, only one start. James Johnson's ability to score off the bench was incredible. James Johnson was awesome. I just... If they're making a move this offseason, he has to be involved in it. For salary purposes, because he's making $16 million, and he will be the highest paid player on this team that is not named Carl anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell. I'm guessing Malik will probably make more than him eventually, but as of right now, James Johnson is the third highest paid player on the team. I love him. He's a great veteran, and I think he could... The team needs someone like a James Johnson, but there is zero chance that he is declining that $16 million player option. He's going to take it. He'll be back. And I don't know if the Timberwolves are willing to pay him that much money. I think they're going to try and make a deal. They might even just look at packaging the 17th pick and James Johnson to maybe move up in the draft. You know, I don't know if it gets them maybe, you know, a back end lottery pick or maybe a mid lottery pick. I don't know what it is. I think they're going to look to try and do something with him to get him off the books. I love James Johnson as a veteran on this team. If Johnson. Declines his option or gets traded, and the team immediately cuts him. If I'm the Timberwolves, I've reached back out. It'd be like, hey, James, I know we just traded you, but you know we just couldn't couldn't afford paying you that contract. We'd love to have you come back on a team-friendly deal. I don't think. I think if you trade James, there's there's no coming back. I liked him. I thought he was special, but I just can't see him back on this Timberwolves team. Come. This coming season, I thought he was great, and I thought a lot of the guys learned a lot from him on how to be a pro as a young team. I just can't see him being a part of this team's future. Uh, next up, Omari Spellman did not play a single game for the Timberwolves after being acquired for in the DLO trade. Right away, they got him. There was talks about waving him; they never waved him. I read a recent article that said he's going to be traded. So, Omari Spellman, don't see him being a part of this Timberwolves future. He'll be gone. Whether it be a trade or they just outright waive him, I just don't see him being involved in this team's future. Next up is Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt, they have him listed as a, Paul Fo- uh, as, excuse me, a power forward. I don't know why I said Paul forward, but Have him listed as a power forward. He's a small forward slash power forward. I really like his game. He is very athletic. He only played in two games for the Wolves last year. Not really a lot that you can take away from him in his limited time playing. He was very, very special at Kentucky. He's a very good athlete. He can score. He can really do it all. There's there's not a lot that you can watch. If you watch film of him playing at Kentucky... He's something special. And I think being able to get him was a steal. He's a guy who does need to develop, but a lot of the stuff that came out of the the Timberwolves in-market bubble was Jared Vanderbilt was awesome. And that doesn't surprise me from having watched him play at Kentucky. He is very, very good. You know, he's an undersized power forward, but he's a very, very good athlete. I think... Something is there. He's learning how to play in the NBA game. He wasn't the biggest and strongest guy. He's got a lot of improving and a lot of things he has to do to better his game. But I think he's a guy who is a gym rat, consistently working on his game, just wants to get better every single day. And I'm expecting a big year from Jared Vanderbilt. I think the team is going to turn to him and say, Hey, Jared, we need you to sink or swim right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jared starts seeing some significant playing time. And if he's a guy who can really buy in on the defense end of of this team, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing him get significant minutes right away. And also being one of the few bigs that could be on this team, that's going to earn you playing time too. Next up at power forward, I'm going to say power forward slash center is the meme god He is the guy that if you go on the Timberwolves Reddit everyone loves and that is the big fella Nas Reed. Nas Reed I love. I'm a big fan of Nas Reed. I feel like I've said that about everyone but Nas Reed as a backup center and someone that you could maybe turn as a backup power forward he's an undersized center but Nas Reed was awesome. He finished the year averaging 9 points per game 4.1 rebounds shot 33% from 3 he was was solid only averaging 16.5 minutes per game on the entire year 30 games played, 11 games started the fact you were turning to a guy who also went undrafted and he's getting you 9 points per game that's a big win the fact that Timberwolves hit on two undrafted guys Hinaz Reed and Jordan McLaughlin That's big. You don't expect to hit on those guys. And Nas Reed was incredible. I thought he truly played great. He's a guy who a lot of teams did not respect as a three-point shooter, and he made teams pay. I think Nas Reed has a lot of potential as a backup big for this team. You just got to turn to him. I'm sure he developed. He's gotten better. Has he got more playing time? We saw it in the stretch where when they got the new team and when Cat missed time towards the end of the year, let me read you Nas's numbers in the last 14 games of this season. 11.6 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 41.1% from the field, 33.3% from beyond the arc. One steal, one block, 23.2 minutes. He did that in 11 games started. Nas, When he got playing time, he made the most of it and showed that he could score and get the ball in the basket. And just like Cat, he provides that ability to knock down three-point shots. I love Nas Reed. I think he's another guy who you say, hey, you got to learn from Carl. You got to learn from, you know, really have Cat take him under his way. Cat is this incredible three-point shooter. You have to have Nas go under Carl's lead, and just learn from Carl about how to just be a consistent three-point shooter. If Nas can be someone that this team turns to off the bench as a big who can knock down the three, man, they got something special cooking. I, I'm not going to talk about Cat. I, I can only say so many great things about Cat. Cat is truly a gener- once-in-a-generation player who can shoot the three ball so well and is just so consistent. And I think a lot of people disrespect him Cuz the Timberwolves hadn't have haven't had as much success with him recently. You know, I think this is going to be a year where a cat really takes in and says, "I remember every single negative comment that's been said about me," and he's gonna take that personally. And this is going to be a monster year for him, and he's gonna have a big prove it year. I think they've got a lot to prove this team didn't succeed last year and they needed to make a big move to change everything. They needed a culture changing move. You saw when they got Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was a culture changing move. It didn't work out. And it wasn't fun watching Jimmy Butler play so well and make it to the NBA Finals for the Heat. But I think the culture is changing in Minnesota. They got rid of Andrew Wiggins, who I has so much potential to be something special we saw it at times after the trade deadline you saw the incredible win over the miami heat where jimmy butler is driving to potentially score the game-winning basket and what happens d malik beasley and jake layman all crash to the basket and swat his shot that is the kind of team that you have assembled You have guys who want to win at all costs. I think there is so much there for this team. They just need to get after it. And I think that's what we are going to see this season. They have something special cooking in Minnesota. They have the number one pick. They can go out and make a move. It's all there for the taking. They just have to get something done. And I think they will. This is not just coming from a fan who's going to blow hard and be like, oh man, it's all right there. They're going to win it all. Yes, did I make a bet where I bet the Timberwolves would win the NBA Finals? Yes, I did. We're going to ignore that. I think this team has something special cooking. And I think we're going to see it early. And I think the NBA draft in the next couple weeks will be very interesting. Because I think we're going to learn a lot about what this team is thinking about doing with the number one pick I think this is the most interesting time to be a Timberwolves fan I think there's so much hype and I think people should be excited about this team this team has so much promise and is so talented and I think this group just fits together I think you saw it at the start of last year there were times where you know with Wiggy and Kat where the team looked like good and fit together but when things got tough the team didn't fit together they weren't the kind of group that said hey things aren't working together we're just gonna roll over and we're just gonna give up that's the difference this team it's like the group of castoffs it's guys that aren't respected Dilo this is your fourth team in your career Carl can you win Malik who's Malik Beasley who's Juan Hernan Gomez where did these guys come from Jordan McLaughlin Nazarene these guys feel like off. Jake Lehman Jake Lehman played in Portland and was a reserve he would be lucky to play in games he comes to Minnesota he fits in he shows that he can be a good role player these guys are buying in as a team and that's what you want to see You need to see a group of guys who are committed to turning things around. Is a team to be reckoned with. I'm so excited for what the potential for this team has. That will do it for episode one of the podcast. Legs feed the wolves. I am your host, Bailey Kennedy. Follow me on Twitter at BaileyK15. Excuse me, Bailey underscore K15. Tweet me, let me know what you think the team should do. Once again, so excited to be starting this podcast. Please give me a follow. Let me know what you think and what the team should do. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. That will do it for episode one. See you next week. Take care.